Um, yeah, uh, God's really put on my heart this passage um, oh, for a while now, and um, I know it's a long, it's a long one, but uh, there's a lot in it that I really want to uh, get through, and um, uh, there's a lot of things that are really deep and are really important and have huge meaning uh, in this to us. So, um, yeah, I guess over the past. Oh, a few years seeing this church congregation uh, grow um, has been an awesome, amazing witness to God's goodness. And, and uh, I believe God's really been um, building you guys up and, and me up um, to be closer to him, living in a relationship with him, um, and to see you guys, this church body, as his ministers, as disciples, um, and um, I don't know if you understand this. Ah, oh, sorry, I'll go on. Uh, <clears throat> I want to start uh, 1 Timothy 2. I'm just going to get it up on the screen. says that, um, that God our Saviour wants all people to become saved and to, to know the knowledge of the truth. So I want to start there with, um, with this statement that God wants everyone to know who he is. There's no um, picking and choosing. It's everyone. He loves everyone. Now, from that, I don't know if you understand this, but it's very clear in his word that God is going to build up you as his children, as co-heirs, so we are um, heirs with Christ, as his disciples and ministers to spread the fullness of the gospel of God um, to those around you. And I have provided two examples, just in case that you, got, you thought you were excluded from this or it didn't apply. The first one's Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority and in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the second one uh, is Acts 1, verse 6 to 8. Then they gathered around him, this is Jesus, and asked him, Lord, at this time are you going to restore the kingdom of God to Israel? So are you going to make Israel great again? Are we going to be... You know, is it going to be how it was before? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or date the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, I'm sure the disciples were very confused at what that meant, but um, that was revealed to them later, and it will be to us. So, you're sitting there. I don't want you to panic or squirm in your seat thinking to yourself, I'm not an evangelist, because... Uh, the truth is that even though God has called us to be his ministers, um, God is the God of provision and he's going to give us everything that we need um, and he's not going to send us out um, into the world or little ill, uh, little deer and bandy ill-equipped. Um, and so that's what God's really put on my heart uh, is that, um, yeah, I want to see, God wants to see us being sent out fully equipped as a church, knowing exactly who we are in him, who God is, and what he is capable of. So, um, yeah, I want to go into this book uh, in Ephesians chapter 3. So Paul, who writes in Ephesians, I'll start. Paul was um, a disciple of Jesus. He was, previously before he came to know Jesus, he actually uh, killed a lot of Christians. And that's why in the passage he mentions, I'm the least, because he was going around... He was stoning Christians to death for their faith in Jesus. And uh, Jesus met him 
and completely transformed his heart, his life, uh, to be a servant of him. And he actually went on to write over a third of the New Testament, which is massive. So, um, yeah. So it starts out, um, the title, love it, God's marvellous plan for the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles, you might ask. Okay, so the Gentiles were considered in that time anyone who was a non-Jew or regarded as a nation who was, was, that was not of Israel. So they're people who were not in that time considered people of God or God's chosen people. So in today's context, you and I, we are Gentiles because um, we weren't part of that. But we'll start off verse 1, and Mum's going to have it on the screen. Um, we're not going to go through it word for word, uh, line for line, because that'll take a long time, um, but bear with me. So God has administered his grace, so the grace of God's been given to Paul, which is to be passed to us, so that we may understand God's mystery or plan. So we need God's grace to understand uh, God's plan for us. And uh, it says there that, um, so again, God's grace comes through the Holy Spirit and um, God's grace comes from accepting Jesus uh, in your heart and understanding that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for all your sins. And when we come into relationship with God, he gives us his grace. So, um, and now is the time in this generation it is happening. Verse 6, we as Gentiles are now heirs with Israel, God's chosen people. We are now welcomed into God's family. Jesus' precious and gift is made promise to us. So God, so Paul is saying there that even though we're not, we weren't people of God, we now are. God is welcoming us into his kingdom. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are part of his family. So now that we're, we know we're children of God. Okay, we'll keep going. Verse 10. Okay, so God's intent in this, God's intent in giving us grace and making us his heirs, his children, is to use the church, that's you guys and me sitting here, dear and bandy churches of Christ, to show... Now, this is where it gets a little bit, you need to have faith here. The unseen rulers and authorities in heaven, so think of elders in heaven, uh, the manifold wisdom of God. Now, manifold means many and various. So, he's using this to show the unseen rulers and authorities in heaven, the various wisdoms of God um, through us. So, God's going to demonstrate and use his great abundance of wisdom through us because he wants to, and he wants to bring glory. That's, that's him. So, sitting there, get ready to experience the wisdom of God. This is good. Verse 12. In Christ Jesus, so in Jesus' name and by faith, faith is believing and, and trusting in God's ability, we are able to approach God with freedom and confidence. And this is where we stand before God when we put our trust in him. We can come to him with freedom, confidence, knowing we are his children, that he is going to give us his wisdom uh, in our lives, okay? So we've just established where we stand with God now. When we put our trust in him, we know that we are right up there with him, okay? And this is where Paul goes into a prayer. This is his prayer over the, um, the church, okay? Um, I pray that out of God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. God will strengthen us with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Jesus may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
So us putting faith in Jesus, he's going to strengthen us to the, our core with his power. Okay? Now, um, so Jesus may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, in Mark chapter 7, verse 21, it says, Out of the heart of a man comes evil thoughts. So how is Jesus going to dwell in our most corrupt place, um, but also he's saying that he's going to be there. So God, there's a transformation process there because Jesus, he's not one of being in corruption. He lives in the most pure, heavenly place, perfection. So he's going to transform our hearts through faith and he is going to... um, yeah, live in our hearts. Um, he's going to take our hearts from a place of corruption to a place of dwelling of the spirit and power of God. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all our Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long and deep is the love of Jesus and to know this love surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Uh, that's 19, 18 and 19. Okay, that's big. Two things. Love, uh, one, verse 18, power. Established in love, so through love we, have, we may have power to grasp God's love. So to fully understand God's love for us, we need the, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. That is how big God's love is. We need God to understand God. And that's why I think we are so blind, and I know for myself, before knowing God, I was blind to what God had in store. I was blind to God's love because God is so magnificent. We need God to understand God. Um, okay. God has given us power through the Holy Spirit to understand his great love. Now, I've said power a lot. What is this power that, God, uh, that Paul is talking about? Power uh, is, he's talking about is the Holy Spirit. Um, and we know God is powerful because he created the whole earth, the whole universe. He has power uh, in that. But what he's talking about here is power through the Holy Spirit. Um, and that comes in the forms of uh, spiritual gifts. So um, comes uh, power through the Holy Spirit comes like healing, like Jesus healed people, uh, miracles, prophecy, uh, words of knowledge, uh, wisdom, the manifest presence of God, so God's presence being here with us, um, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. And uh, that's what Derek's going to be talking about on Tuesday night, is the gifts of the Spirit. Um, so that's what power looks like in our life. Now, the other thing that, that um, and I'll go into it, the power of the Holy Spirit uh, also goes into the fruit of the Spirit. So um, the power of God, the fruit of the power of God, can't, looks like love. And I'm not talking about love that you and I have for a married, like a married couple has for each other. I'm talking about um, love that is supernatural. It is like beyond measure. So it's love, love beyond measure, joy beyond measure, peace beyond measure, patience beyond measure, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what the power of God in us looks like. Um, Okay, so number two, love surpassing knowledge is not something that occurs in your head. And that doesn't really make sense, but it occurs in your heart. God's love 
goes beyond what we can understand intellectually. That's how big God's love is for you and the person next to you and the person down the street because he desires to be in relationship, sharing his love with everyone. Um, And so, um, yeah, for any of you sitting there saying, thinking to yourself, nobody loves me, I have an answer for you. Um, So... Uh, nearing the end in verse 20. Now to him who is so to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power, so the Holy Spirit, that is at work within us. So God's power, God's Holy Spirit is at work within us. To him be the glory. So all of this, everything Jesus has done, everything God gives us with, gifts us with, all of this is to give glory and testimony to him. So that is God's marvellous plan for us. When we put our faith in him through the, his grace and the moving of the Holy Spirit, he's going to work through us to bring glory to himself. And that is amazing. And um, I'm sure through the Bible there are lots of examples of that and that's seen throughout Jesus' ministry, Jesus' life. So after looking at this passage, there's a couple of things I hoped you'd noticed but probably, probably not because we're going through it fairly quickly. One being that we need to have faith in him. We need to surrender ourselves to God so that he can change our hearts and that we can become yoked to Jesus. We need to let him transform our lives and it starts in our hearts. When Holy Spirit changes our hearts, it changes our thoughts. We begin to see God as, as God sees and when that heart and attitude change overflows into action, uh, that's where the Spirit really it moves through our lives and we begin to demonstrate God's love, uh, demonstrate a life like Jesus. And then we become filled with the Spirit. We believe we, God gives us gifts and we, we start to live with the fruit of the Spirit like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. So that's what separates you from the rest of this broken world. That's where people start to question, there is something intoxicating about that person and it's good, and it doesn't come from anything of this world. It's not, not here. Second thing that I want you to notice is God does the work in us. It's not something that we can do ourselves. Um, we need to give Him the reins so that He can work around us in our hearts and our daily lives. We can't achieve this in our own strength. So how do we provide action that isn't actually work? Um, or it's not striving for something. And I want to give you an, an illustration of this. It comes from Mark 4, uh, 26 to 29. He also said, This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. A man scatters seed on the ground day and night. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, although he doesn't know how. All by itself, the seed, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the ripe grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, which is like a harvesting tool. He harvests because the harvest has come. Okay, so man scatters seed on the ground. That's you and me. We scatter seed on the ground. It grows whether we are asleep or awake. And when it's ripe, man puts a sickle to it, meaning that we obey God's instruction for us, whether that simply be just surrendering ourselves and accepting Jesus um, aligning ourselves with him, showing love um, or sharing hope um, of Jesus with someone, 
whatever you feel like on your heart God is telling you to do, that is spreading the seed. Um, and God will do the work from there. Whether we're asleep or whatever happens, he does all the heavy lifting. He changes hearts. He does, he does that. Um, you know, he, I had an illust- God gave me an illustration while I was sitting there um, uh, to sing in those songs. And it's like, if God was a footy player, he'd be the 5'8". <laughs> or if he was a soccer player, he'd be the striker. You know, if he was playing gridiron, he would be the quarterback. He's the one making everything happen. He's doing all the work. He's got the plan. And we are following his lead. Okay, so he's changed his hearts. He does the heavy lifting. Okay, and we can rely and trust and have faith that God will use his power to do work around us. Just as the farmer trusts and has faith that the fertile soil will grow the crop. And that is what faith in action is. Because faith without obedience, without action, isn't really faith at all because it's not wholehearted, it's not full. That goes deep into some really big things. That is some really big things. Like that he'll provide for us when it's not raining. He'll um, provide for us when we don't have a job. That he will um, take care of us. That he'll come through for us when we're sick and in hospital and we've got no hope. He's going to be there. When we put our trust and faith in him, the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to move in your life because as Alex shared before, our Father is a good God who gives us good gifts. Um, And through all of that, um, he's going to bring glory to himself. Um, And that's the amazing thing. It's not about us at all. It's about God. And he he uses us to bring glory to himself. Um, And that's really cool. So if you want to be yoked to Jesus, join with Jesus and have the Holy Spirit change your heart and move through you in a greater way, uh, I want to pray for you because... Uh, God's calling you to this. He's, he's pursuing you. And I know that for myself because a lot of the time I can become very monotonous and go through the motions and I read scriptures like this that just blow my mind of what God has in store for us, but I don't see it in my own life. And I'm like, there's something wrong there. And so um, I want to challenge you um, and and as God has challenged me to put my trust in him and not look at life situations like the world does, but look to Jesus, look to God instead. Um, And so that's my prayer for you. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to see God do more than we can imagine or ask in this church right now. So, Amen. I think Alex is going to come and lead us in some communion and uh, time of worship. But, yeah, if that really hitting home is hitting home to you, then I'd love um, you know, to, to pray for you and, um, and be encouraged. So. Thanks, Rose. Yeah, God is really, really good. Thanks, Rose. Um, my heart for communion 